You're tuning in to the Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal podcast. If you have a story or a guest recommendation that you think others need to hear, email me at wildweirdandsometimesnormal at gmail.com. Let's get this started. Alex and Brett, kick it! Wild. And sometimes normal. On this episode, I'm joined by Shane Mishler, the Chief Operating Officer of SD Tech. SD Tech is a San Antonio-based IT company offering managed service provider support. From voice over IP, encryption, RAID, and all the other buzzwords I can throw at you, they handle. But here's the thing. Very little of our conversation involved this. Let me be honest. Most of these conversations involve me doing minimal background research on the topic. It's just people talking. You've heard me stumble around talking to musicians and entrepreneurs. I know the wild and weird stuff in and out. The normal stuff is giving the guest room to cook and see where it goes. And boy, does this one go. Because Shane loves the high strange. We discuss the Miami Mall aliens cryptids, interdimensional beings, the Mandela effect, and more. But because we're well-rounded individuals, we cover the abilities of SD tech and how they've grown their business to include a franchise model. Truly a fun conversation, and I'm happy Shane was glad to take the ride. Give Shane a follow and let him know you heard him on Wild and Weird. Enjoy the show. Are you looking to buy a home in New Jersey? Escape the city and move to the suburbs? Finally purchase that vacation home on the lake or down the shore? Maybe you're one of the lucky ones who are retiring and moving out of state. If so, let me help you. Keller Williams and the Real Estate Professional Group have what you need to make your goals come true. Reach out and have a conversation with someone who will put you first. Contact Brian McCoach at 856-321-1212 or email McCoach at kw.com. Are you looking for CBD for your pet? My friends at Pure Pet Wellness have what you need. They use the highest quality ingredients. While other companies may use synthetic oils in their CBD, Pure Pet Wellness uses organic ingredients. Organically grown hemp, organic coconut oil, organic shea butter, organic beeswax, and that's just to name a few. A family-owned and operated company that also offers fast shipping. Go to purepetwellness.com for all your pet's CBD needs and use the discount code WILD and WEIRD at checkout. That's wild, A-N-D, weird. Treat your animal right. Go to purepetwellness.com. Welcome to another episode of Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal. I'm your host, Brian, and today my guest is Shane Mishler. He's the Chief Operating Officer of SD Tech. Welcome, Shane. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for coming on. So you're in San Antonio. You're in, you're in Wemby country, Victor Wembiano, huh? I am. I am. He's been a fantastic addition to the team, even if it doesn't look like it so far. Slow and steady. DeJounte Murray, you guys traded him to the Hawks. Seemed like a bad idea at the time. It seemed like you could have competed a little more in the West. I think you're like five and 20 or something like right now. And like, not great. Uh, yeah, not great. Uh, but the, yeah. But then there's rumors that Murray's coming back. So you guys traded all this stuff. Like, you know, I guess you got like a war chest for him, but you have to give it back up to get him back. I've heard a lot of rumors. What I can say I know for sure, Brian, is I know that building a fresh team is is challenging. 
And oftentimes, the people of your city, your fans, your investors, whomever it is, doesn't really like to wait around to see what kind of magic you're trying to make happen. But I haven't lost confidence. I think that the next season, we're going to see some amazing things from the team. I am in New Jersey. I'm 11 miles from Philadelphia. So we're the whole process error. And until we win a championship, we are still in the process error. So I understand about <laughs> this whole being patient that does not exist. And, you know, we demand more. But it, it gets very old when your team is, like, you know, now they have the play-in tournament. But if your team's always at like eighth, ninth, tenth seed, and you're in the play-in, and then you get bumped in the first round, you're like, hey, guys, we got in the playoffs. Like, man, that does not count to go play the number one seed and get smoked. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I've seen a couple games with Wemby. Man, that guy is phenomenal. Is he like seven, six, seven, eight? His wingspan's enormous. Enormous. Yeah, he he does a, a pump fake in the three point line, and then just his regular two steps, and he's dunking. I'm like, my god, that's just like a cheat code. So you know, it's interesting. You you bring up uh, Spurs, and I think that the majority of anybody from around the U.S. is going to be familiar with them. And for me, being you being from New Jersey, one of my favorite uh, comedians and directors is Kevin Smith, and I immediately totally different genre, not sports related, and that's what I immediately think of when I think of New Jersey. Kevin Smith's great, man. He's a treasure. He is. Yeah, he's he's great. Uh, I love listening to him. He's ever on Rogan or any of his podcast. I know he does his own thing. He has his comic book show that he had going on, but just such a, a different mind going on. Very different so and very weird. <laughs> I swear we'll get to SD Tech, but I was interviewing. I saw I interviewed a bunch of different people, I, uh, entrepreneurs, musicians, filmmakers, people who see Bigfoot and UFOs. Like, I love it all. I'm here for it all. That's awesome. So Kevin Smith, independent. He started off as like independent director with the original clerks. And I think the first clerks cost, I remember hearing, and some of them are doing low budget. And like the one guy's movie I watched, Edwin, it was really good, but it's because it's all digital, it's so much cheaper. And he's like, oh, you know, like we, you know, we had we was like $5,000. I'm like, how did you guys make this look so much better than Kevin Smith's for 80 grand? He's like, oh, it's just digital. I have to carry around films. We're not doing all this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, that's that's one of the the interesting things that technology has done for us over the years. Growing up, I've always been really big into music. Uh, I've I've been a mus a musician off and on. I don't really claim that status anymore, uh, but I've been a musician off and on, and I've been into filmmaking, lower end, super just hobbyist. More recently, and looking back in the '90s when I was growing up, in order to make it in music, you you had to have money. You know, everything was so expensive. Instruments were expensive. Studio was expensive. Getting your music out, published, put into the you know, viewers or listeners' hands, it was expensive. And now, thanks to technology, you can, uh, on the budget of like under $1,000, sit in front of a computer and express yourself in ways that you were never able to do a couple of decades ago. And the same is true for the film industry. It's amazing. It's great. There's content for everybody. Like some people really like that polished stuff. Right now, a lot of stuff can push down is like the superheroes. You're seeing some of the stuff changing and coming back. But maybe you just like that, you know, that B horror or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. it is so much easier for people to produce things and not have to invest their life savings and high school and college kids and you know, your iPhone 50 that you have, that camera is so much better than anything that was being used 10 years ago by, you know, most of so true. It's so crazy. True. Like this whole podcast, this goes out. I have listeners over 50 countries. It is insane. And I mean, my laptop I already owned and everything else was like cheap, like a, a, a good microphone and, and you know, some, uh, you know, a headset. Like it's nothing. It's crazy. It really is. I, I, I absolutely love it. You know, there's, 
Uh, technology has done some phenomenal things for us. Of course, it it pushes boundaries in ways that sometimes aren't always great. But I love superhero movies. I love watching, you know, the big budget, half a billion dollars. And then you have the new Godzilla that came out and was relatively low budget and just focuses on good storytelling. And I, I like that there's something there for everybody. It's just a matter of what you choose to invest your time in and what makes you happy. And yeah, but I, I, I'm really grateful for the era we live in. I think it's great. Uh, you know, we're supposed to be living in the Jetsons era right now. You know, this is supposed <laughs> to be like the flying cars and all this stuff. And that hasn't come. But like how we can just we can get information. One, I think we're just like overloaded on information too much. Like I'm on Twitter and I'm just seeing news from every corner of the world. And it's like, do I need to see all this? And yet I'm like, Oh, I need more anymore. Like there's oh UFO drops. There's, you know, there's, there's technology stuff coming out. There's all this stuff. Uh, there's like, Miami. It's so cool. Oh, Miami. Oh, man. oh. <laughs> <laughs> we want to get crazy, man. Let's go. Yeah. So do you like aliens? I guess. Right. Uh, I do. I, I like everything that's interesting, which is why just the, the, the title of your podcast alone grabbed me because I do, I, Anything that that makes me go, oh, I wonder what's actually going on there or to whatever degree I'm interested. I want to know more about it. I want to I want to feel something. It's 2024 and I would preferably not feel bad. So if it's anything that doesn't make me feel bad, I'm all in. Awesome. All right. Miami, what happened? What do you think happened? There was this was uh, so January 1st, January 2nd. The days are a little mixed depending on the police reports. This is the Biscayne Bay Mall, a two level outdoor mall that's huge. And 300 cop cars show up to this mall. The mainstream narrative is there was kids fighting with sticks and fireworks. fireworks. And they were shooting fireworks off inside. Now, the alternative narrative, the the crazy story, is that there was like 10-foot shadow beings that were glitching in reality and moving all around. Possibly came out of a portal. Some kids came with a box, maybe, and opened up a portal. What do you think is happening? I don't know. I don't know what I think is happening. I think that there's probably a lot of room for both stories to have some truth to them. What I think is really interesting is when you tell me that there's a group of let's, 10 kids, but between 10 to 50 kids and nobody had their phones out and recording the nonsense that was going on. How have we not seen footage from inside? And you were mentioning earlier how cell phones have great cameras, but teenagers are typically somebody's recording something once it starts popping off world star, you know, just anything. And, and why do we have no footage? It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, they had, they, so they showed a little bit of a fight. Maybe it was like 10 kids. And then there's people saying that's old footage that they're showing that that wasn't yep. happening at that time, but there's always multiple camera angles of everything. And when kids are going to the mall, especially they're being mischievous and they put it out on whatever socials are, Hey, meet me up at the Biscayne mall. You know, you're going to have like competing groups showing up. So they're always filming, waiting for something to happen. Like world star, world star, as you're mm-hmm. saying, <laughs> and to have zero of that. Like it is, it's just crazy. So the last bit of craziness with us is that the, the coordinates for Miami, if you reverse the, I don't have the numbers on me. If you reverse the beginning, it's actually Antarctica. So like the, the northern, the, the longitude and latitude, if you reverse one of them, it ends up being in Antarctica. So like, did they open a portal? Like, did they go through the wrong door? Did they mean to go? Because Antarctica is a crazy place too. I don't know how deep it, it is. Stuff, and parts of the where those coordinates actually take you to is a, is apparently a place that's off limits. No fly zone. A it's little nuts. interesting. Yeah. Yep. It, oh, man. I love it. So do I think there's, you know, I and the hard part is to... You're seeing people on Twitter, on TikTok, or whatever it is coming out. The guy was there. I was there. Like one guy was from Jersey. He's like, oh, me and my girl are down there for New Year's. And like, we went to the mall. 
like maybe people do that. Like if I traveled somewhere and like, hey, hey, babe, let's go to the mall and go walk <laughs> around and go see the outdoor footlocker. Like this guy, what? Maybe that's what he was. Hey, Miami's super expensive. Maybe he got there. He's like, shit, we can't do any of this stuff. Let's go walk around the outdoor mall. But like some of them seem pretty credible. One guy like backtracked that he said it. Uh, but some of the stories coming out, you know, you kind of get a feel for the BS meter on some of them. The one guy was talking about his like nephew was was autistic and he was like, you know, using like his safe word and he sees like dangerous stuff. And I like you'd have to be like a really bad human being to to bring that. Hey, yeah, you mean my girl are here and you're lying? Like, okay, whatever, man, you're making up a story. Whatever. Like, hey, I'm with my autistic nephew and we're here and we're like, okay, like that's a little seems, bit right. Like yep. that's definitely sociopathic if you're making that up. But I, you know, I don't is. know. Yeah. The more the, I've I swear with Cadesti Tech, I promise you. <laughs> I, I'm all right with this. Yeah. The, uh, I've loved aliens ever since like I was a kid. I just loved all the stuff. My dad would talk about close encounters of the third kind at the dinner table, would show it to us. The movie Alien and Aliens with Sigourney Weaver, like all that stuff. The more we're getting like closer, and I've always thought they were real. Like I've never like once doubted that they were not real. But David Grush is coming out. He just had this private dinner with like 50 people in some Brooklyn penthouse with uh uh, I think it's the founder of Coinbase and his lawyer friend. So it was all these bigwigs were there and he was doing, you know, so he's on these congressional hearings. Like, oh, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. Well, at this private dinner, somebody reported, took pictures. He's talking about, uh, oh yeah, this, so the non-human intelligence is gray aliens, the typical gray alien. And the U.S. has a 40-foot UFO that when you step inside of it, it's the size of a football field inside of there. It's like the the TARDIS from uh, whatever that movie is with the, the TV show, uh, I don't know, whatever the TV show is, you step in there and, and it, it, it's like a pocket dimension. That's crazy. Oh, are you back? I am back. It was great. You just had a dead look on me and I was like, yeah. I was like either you're just so shocked into the story <laughs> that you couldn't say anything. You're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? So the 40 foot UFO, you know, this and said you could step in it's the size of a football field. So it's like this little pocket dimension that he has, you know, that apparently these UFOs have. And right. Like the, the, the more that from I Doctor Who. Doctor Who, who, right? Doctor Who. The more I hear this, like the more, like uneasy I get about it. Like, as we're coming closer to like true disclosure, like true truth, it's crazy. It really is, you know. And being centered in technology, I know you keep saying we'll get to SD Tech. I am in no rush. Uh, being <laughs> centered in technology, technology is my profession, but technology also pushes all of my major hobbies. So in my downtime. I'm typically playing video games. I stream a little bit here and there. I enjoy podcast, music, and, and even art is furthered by technology. But when we talk about movies, science fiction has, is anything that's at least around science fiction is one of my favorite areas to be in. And science fiction pushes technology, and technology helps to further science fiction. I think that you know, there's everything is just so deeply ingrained in each other, and there's so much technology that we have access to, and there's been such a, a massive boom over the last couple of decades where it's hard to it's hard to remember where it was we were 20 years ago because I, I can't imagine going back. And then, you know, you have movies where it's like, oh, well, the reason that the new iPhone came out is because of reverse engineering alien technology. And it's like, ah, maybe that's not so far from the truth. You know, we, we have a lot of reports coming out from various areas and uh, whether it's the truth or not, I'm grateful for the ideas that, that we have and, and where it takes us. Yeah. Some of the stories that come up, so close encounters of the third kind, Steven Spielberg movie. And like the rumor is the story is that like the, the U S military was helping him 
make this movie as like a soft disclosure. They were feeding him things and he he was privy to, you know, videos or or you know, reports that the main person wasn't. And this is kind of that soft disclosure they seeded in there. And so that kind of makes you think, you know, it's like is art imitating life or is life imitating art? And then it's like this fine blend of you forget which one kind of came first. And then if science fiction's making it up, is it really just somebody telling them like, hey, like I work on this project and like we have this. Yep. And so it's like, that's a great idea. I'll make a movie into that. Yep. And then it slowly introduces it to us and then we get a little bit more accustomed to it. And and then during the middle of COVID when they're like, hey man, aliens are real. And we're like, oh, okay. Can we go back outside though? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that answer was no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please abduct me. <laughs> as long as you don't have COVID on your planet, please abduct <laughs> me and take me there. I'd love some fresh air. So if you're, you guys are in the, the free state of Texas over there, your, your lockdowns weren't terrible over there, right? No, it wasn't terrible. Uh, it wasn't great. Our company, the majority of all of our employees worked from home. I, I guess it, it was different. I wasn't anywhere else during that time, so I don't know how much more severe our lockdowns really were. But uh, for the most part, I think everybody worked from home. I still stayed out and about a little bit because I came into my office just to get away from the house with nobody else. And I can tell you that there was no traffic for nearly a year and a half. And that was amazing. That's the one thing that I do miss. I miss low <laughs> interest rates. Uh, that was yep. great for, for homes. That was amazing. And I do miss the times I had to go in the office. And I'm like, oh, my hour commute's like 30 minutes and like no one's here. It's like kind of like yeah. driving around like the Mad Max <laughs> or, you know, the, you know, the Walking Dead type thing. Like nobody's out here. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can get used to this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, New Jersey. I guess they're a little strict on some of the things they had. And, you know, a lot of people did outdoor dining. So it kind of helped that it was in, in the spring as it was happening. So I do a little bit of real estate in New Jersey. I do that on the side. Nice. I do my podcast, my regular job and, you know, writing children's books. I got a million things going on over here. But people are coming from, from New York that they're just saying like, you know, we just live in an apartment building. We weren't allowed outside, like onto the street. Like our kids can't go play in the park. They close the park off. You can't go do this. So it's trying to get a small piece of land, you know, in New Jersey was just, you know, like, I guess a godsend or something for them. Yeah, I guess in that aspect, just being anywhere in Texas would be so, so vastly different. My in-laws live where their nearest neighbor is, is a good distance from them. And and I mean, probably, I don't know, a couple acres away. So some of us are pretty used to isolation already. <laughs> Year and a half later, like, oh, there was a lockdown. I'm I, sorry. Yeah. Just tended tended no. to my land and doing my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that guy was just sick at the store when I saw the mask on. Yeah. Just said hi to him. Yeah. That's funny. Let's loop in the SD tech. We'll see how long we can keep this train on the rails and, and before we jump off to something else. Okay. Great. Give me some background. What's happening over there? So uh, SD tech, we are a MSP. Um, does that mean anything to you? No, no probably not. Right. Nope, so no. I started with, <laughs> no, I started with SD tech um, a little over four and a half years ago. And when I met the owner, the founder, CEO, uh, Wes Ulmer, Wes was like, oh, yeah, I, I own my own business. We do, we're an MSP. And then I just remember he like rambled on and on and on. And I was like, what, what the hell is an MSP? I didn't understand those three letters. And uh, it took me a long time before I did. So we are a managed service provider. That, that also means literally nothing to anybody who's not in this industry. So we do IT consultation and implementation. We, we come in and we help typically small to medium-sized businesses. I've got a couple of large clients, uh, much larger clients. But anybody who needs assistance with technology, which just to be clear, is damn near everybody needs help with technology. 
But if you need help with technology, but you haven't reached a point where you want to invest in your own internal help desk or IT team, it needs to be outsourced. And so a company like ours, we come in, we do consultation, and then we assist with identifying what technology is going to best support your business and your end clients. And then we make recommendations and we help piece it all together and support it afterwards. That's a a little bit about us. So I worked at CDW for a year. It was uh, I was not a very good salesman at all. But so your your tech, are you guys doing like voice uh, voice over IP? What do, what do you so redundant I, I appreciate data it. drives? Like I know this that, that term all, too. I can throw it out. All all of it actually. So so for some of our smaller clients, the the main things that we offer is recommendations on what type of a computer, or laptop, or tablet to buy, and then we go through the the setup process with them. And then we provide support on that afterwards. For our more inclusive clients, we handle networking, putting together their actual network infrastructure, going from the 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 hardware, so the routers, modems, switches, multiple setups, the data cabling. We do audio, video. We do we we are our own VoIP voice over IP provider, uh, backup solution, cybersecurity. Uh, if you have, and then, you know, if you want a recommendation on a new TV to buy for your home, we're going to be there for you then too. If it's technology centric, we, we assist with it because the vast majority of small business owners aren't great when it comes to technology and technology ends up being a hindrance. And so we want to come in and help them do what they do best, which is make money. And if we can take the technology off their plate and then make technology work for them, then it's a win scenario. Is your clientele just the San Antonio area or are you nationwide? No. So uh, we are based out of San Antonio. We were founded in uh, 2000. And the majority of our business is actually not in San Antonio. We, we cover from the West Coast to the East Coast. I have 11 clients that are in Canada. So technically international. We're looking to expand that slowly. And a little over two years ago, we... We began franchising our our model about a year ago. We became a, a franchisor. Six months ago, we onboarded our first franchisee. So he's actually close to home, so that way we can get everything nice and get everything up and running, nice and smooth for him. But yeah, we I have clients who uh, I have four clients in New Jersey actually. Uh, nice, okay. A nice little brand called Massage Heights. It's a day spa and massage therapy, and yeah, they're fantastic. Cool. So do you do on-site visits or is this just all remote and through teams? Are you going physically to the location so, setting up? So when we are involved in a build-out, meaning that uh, we're involved you know, in the construction phase of the building, we will deploy our team from San Antonio to go out to wherever it is. And we deploy all of the technology over a couple of days, a week, two weeks, just depending on the size of the project. And we make sure the foundation is laid in-house. And then from there, we support remotely. So all of that support is done from San Antonio. Occasionally when things go really wrong and we have to actually get back out on site, you know, we, we have uh, some of our team members who fly out across the U.S. on a, I would say, fairly regular basis. Reality is it's a couple times a year outside of construction. What is a, I guess, what's a common technology mistake that a business makes? That like, so in basketball, like my son plays, you know, he's playing travel basketball and I'm trying to help him get where he's at. So he still dribbles the head down a little bit and goes into the corner. I'm like, oh, dribble in the corner to go to die. And he's staring at me. I'm like, that, that's a horrible <laughs> place. 
what is the equivalent for like a business and their technology? Like what if they're not having something, they're not being protected, if they're not doing that under their firewall, whatever it might be, like what's the so, main thing that they're missing, you say? So I would say that the majority of people who who aren't familiar with technology are going to believe that their biggest mistakes is not having enough security or or not managing their network, or they start using words that they're not familiar with. But the reality is the most common mistake is, is overspending on the wrong technology. So um, last weekend, my, my friend Wes, our CEO, his son, has, his son just turned 18, and about three months ago, maybe a little bit longer, he started his own YouTube channel. And he's doing some video game content and it's been going pretty well. He's got a couple of thousand subscribers around that same time. He also got his very first job. He's working at a McDonald's and he's saving up some money to buy a car. So Wes was telling me last weekend, he, uh, he asked his son, Hey, you know, how much money do you have saved up for the car? And of course, as a good father, he has access to his son's bank account. And he knew that he did recently have about $2,000 saved up. So when he asked his son, his son became very sheepish and was like, oh, uh, uh, I'm not really sure. And he's like, how do you not know how much money you have saved up, man? Just, just how much is it? And he's like, well, it's not a lot. He was like, why? What happened? Like, well, um, he's like, didn't you have right around 2000? He's like, yeah. What happened? Uh, I spent it on marketing for my YouTube channel. And he was like, oh, you spent almost two grand on your YouTube channel. He's like, yeah, I started, I wasn't really paying attention and I started running the ads and his YouTube channel, although he had picked up several thousand subscribers, he's done four videos. So he ended up putting all of his money into marketing and advertising before he did any content creation. And that, that same thing is what I see the majority of small business owners do. They will, they will go out. So I actually work a lot with real estate agencies, brokerages and real estate agents and real estate agents are probably one of the most guilty parties of wanting to look a very particular way for their clients. And so I see real estate agents who will spend four to $5,000 on the most expensive iMac they can buy because they have this image that they want to maintain. I'm like, but those expensive iMacs are for filmmakers and for content creators. And they're for people who are really utilizing that you could have bought a, a very nice high-end iPad that you're actually going to use with you when you're on location and showing people houses and then reallocated that money back into, I don't know, maybe marketing and advertising. Um, so it's just really coming in and helping them make better business decisions is the most common mistake. Of course, everything else you mentioned too, we, we, you know, we see a, a variety of people who don't have the necessities in place. But number one, overspending because you don't, you don't know enough about what it is you're doing. So this is like the financial advisor of IT that you come in. You're like, well, I appreciate what you're doing, but but you like give them the hard truth. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's what we really need. You know, I know that whenever I first started putting together, uh, I I ran a podcast for a couple of years, and when I first put my podcast together, I went out and I got a Go XLR, and I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's like a six hundred dollar piece of software interface for your or your uh, mics and the outputs and inputs. And then I bought a $450 mic and a $100 mic stand. And I went so overkill. And I was like, man, I could have absolutely used that money 
in a better way. And it's because it was my first podcast. And I honestly, I should have reached out to one of my friends who I know have done them and asked them for what would have been uh, better recommendations. What was your podcast about? Uh, so it was me and a buddy of mine. We, we streamed together on Twitch and we played FPS video games. And we wanted to give our audience an opportunity to get to know who we were outside of gaming. So it was still a little bit video game centric, but we also talked about technology and what we did for our full-time jobs. Uh, he is a DJ and does weddings, wedding DJs and construction. And then I work in you know, IT and the MSP space. And then so we met with people from our various industries. We had musicians on, we had DJs on, content creators. We met with a couple of video game developers and then some app developers yeah it was fun so just to give people an opportunity to know more about who we are outside of that one little slice of pie that they had uh, visibility to when you were telling the story about your coworker and his son and i was waiting for you to say that he was making a ton of money on youtube he's like he's just making dumb videos and making more money than he ever would at mcdonald's <laughs> it doesn't see why he has to work a real job i'm like well yeah that's, that's kind of nowadays right uh, honestly at some point i think that he will get there the, the the content that he's working towards is is really good and it's in demand right now. I'm not familiar with it. It's in uh it's in retro green gaming, but not retro. It's modern pixelized gaming. But he, the kids got a knack for it. And the fact that he was willing to spend all of his money, hard earned money, to go into advertising to push that channel, I'm like, you know, that's kudos to you. I would have rather it be done slightly different, but when you have that drive and ambition as a young entrepreneur, at some point you're going to find success. Yeah, but so I'll, I'll cross post these podcasts all over the place. They're on, you know, their Twitter, their Facebook, their Instagram, like everywhere I can put it out to. And whenever you put anything on Facebook, I, I'll find a group. So, uh, you know, we talked about the Miami aliens. Maybe I'll put this in, in, you know, an alien group. And hey, we highlighted this. And so many you'll have so many people like, Hey, do you need help uh, advertising your, your podcast? And you just get hit up in like, you, you know, your private messages on it. And all these people, oh, I, I can get you natural subscribers. I can do this. Like, just, just give me a thousand dollars. Like, what are you mm -hmm. talking about? Like, I'm going to give like, how about $0? Give me 10 followers and I'll give you some money. But like, just, just give me that. What do you mean? It's just a thousand dollars. What are you talking about? Oh God. So good, good for, you know, your, your friend's son and him turning that into several thousand people. I have to have him on the podcast and pick his brain on yeah, how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's such a it, interesting industry. The, this whole, you know, you know, I guess anything content creating like this, uh, you know, who's digesting it? How do you get out there? To different people. At what point is you know does the, like the word of mouth like spread like wildfire? You know, it's just very very interesting. It really is. I mean, it's it's. I think it, it's similar to a lot of other things, but it's just about grabbing the right person's attention and, and then keeping them involved. And then one person tells another person and it starts to spread. And some of them do really well. And then some of them don't. Some that are really great quality with interesting topics go nowhere. And then you have some of the ones that are in the top 10 that I'm like, how, how did this ever happen? <laughs> One of my buddies, his friend, runs a college football podcast, and he he's uh, been affiliated with ESPN, Bill Simmons, The Ringer. Uh, so I got hold of his ear for a little bit, and you know, just trying to you know learn whatever nuggets I can get from any, any type of lesson. And he's like, "Oh, how many people are are listening?" And this one was in the very beginning, so I gave him the number, and it wasn't a great number. And he's like, "He's like, dude, that's like really good." He's he's like, you know, most people like nobody listens to anything. He's like, I have a buddy who is 
trying to get a government grant to pay for his podcast. And it is $100,000. He's in the final stages. He's like, his numbers are lower than yours. I was like, this, this oh, is wow. crazy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's like the, uh, oh, what was the website you had to click through and you, you like, uh, ah, whatever, you know, and it would be like, hey, the top 10 foods. And like each page was a different view for them. So they like, go, oh, we have 10 million views. It's like, actually, you, you know, you had people go through 50 pages. That's not really right. unique views That's each time. Same. No, yeah. it doesn't count. You're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know, you mentioned growing up in the 90s, right? You're a kid in the 90s. Uh, how did you get into, you know, I guess kind of grew up with computers, but what made you go this route? You know, what were you doing as a kid so, growing up? So I actually didn't grow up with computers. So I grew up, there's nice ways to say, I grew up really poor. Uh, I'm the oldest of eight kids. My mom was a single mother for the vast majority of that. She was working two to three part-time jobs. And I'm the oldest, my youngest brother and sister twins are only 12 years younger than I am. So when I was 15, there were nine to 10 people in my house at all times. Uh, food. You know, that, that was a struggle at times. So a computer was a no-go until I was about 16. And then we got a, we got, I don't even know where it came from, a hand-me-down computer from somebody. And I remember that I was, I've always been big into games, but I remember I got Final Fantasy VII. It was relatively new at that point in time, right? I think that game has been redone like 20 times now. It was relatively new, but as I was playing it, all of the cutscenes in the game were flipped upside down. And I was like, how, how did this happen? And because of that, right, because of that error, I started digging in and, and finding out like what, what could have happened. And then I learned that it was most likely somebody had tampered with the files before returning the game and we bought it used. And that, that sparked an interest. In me. So I, I started learning more about what, what could be altered in files that would, you know, cause various changes. And then, uh, music recording and how computers were changing the way music was done sparked my interest. And then that's, yeah, that's what really got me going in, in computers. And then being around family who was a generation or two older asking what were basic questions back then about, you know, how to use keyboard shortcuts and how to make the internet work. Uh, that got me going. And then between my passion for, for leadership and then, and innovation through technology, I've bounced around a little bit. It's just that each with each bounce, I've bounced pretty heavily. I went from working in a restaurant to working in oil and gas uh, to working in technology as a frontline employee and then working my way up through leadership. And so it's just everything's kind of come together all at once. And now I'm working for a company where I can share all of it. Just just all everything that's ever contributed to my life, I finally have a an avenue of giving back. That's crazy that if you didn't get Final Fantasy, if you didn't get that game that was messed up, like that would not have like maybe sparked sure maybe probably later somebody would have sparked it. it like that really it, gave you it gave me a, a big launch pad. It really did. Um I remember so I have a daughter who uh is is 18 now. And I remember when she was about four, um, she would I think it was Minecraft, probably Minecraft is what she was wanting to play on the computer, and it was before it was available on consoles. And so I made her go through the installation process with me and started teaching her about how to use File Explorer. And I realized when that was happening, the reason I was doing it is because of my experience with things not working right with Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. So I, I probably would have come around eventually, but it was definitely the launch pad. 
And when you started telling your story and you're like, oh, and I want to know like how you get the files for things, I thought we we're going to do like how Shane became a hacker. <laughs> no, that good story I'm not that cool. <laughs> not at all. But if you were, you probably wouldn't tell us. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. leave that as a man of mystery. You want to walk not. around like, oh, I'm I'm a, I'm a hacker here. <laughs> not hey, anymore. Like, not a very nondescript 90s. room behind you. Like you could be like in this giant mansion for all I know. There's just this very nondescript white wall behind you. Uh, who knows what's happening? My daughter loves to say she's playing. Uh, she likes to play. I think it's Minecraft, and I I, don't, I can't keep up with the games. But there's like, oh, they hacked me. Oh, I was hacked. I was hacked. So like, my wife and I are like, 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 give me give me your iPad. Like, what's happening here? But I guess you just come over, you can like steal their coins or something from them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I just came up and said I was hacked. And I was like, oh, they need to change that term. I'm sitting here thinking like you, you know, <laughs> you, you accepted the the guys, you know, the the Middle Eastern prince's opportunity to, to hold his Bitcoin wallet. I'm like, don't, yeah. don't accept that. That's not real. <laughs> no, uh, hacking is, it means something totally different nowadays. I think the vast majority of people, when they say hacking, they just mean fraud. Just somebody pulled a fast one on them and, and managed to take something that belonged to them. But for me, hacking will always be uh, what we saw from Angelina Jolie way back in the early 2000s with you know the binary code and Matrix looking. Hack the That's world. That works either. That's but they were going around and yeah, uh, <laughs> yep. Skeeter or whatever. I forget that guy's name. Uh, he ended up in Scream, right? And yeah, uh, that's a good movie, man. That was a good. That was a good movie. They were they were ahead of their time. They were. Now between that and the Sandra Bullock movie, was that like the web? Like you don't get into. I just feel like you, they don't go down that road too much anymore. And it's like so crazy that you could have, you know, like our, just the whole thing. You're like, you know, so you're talking about, we're talking about your sliding doors. You got Final Fantasy VII and it was all messed up. And if that didn't happen, like, would you have ended up in, in your life or not? But isn't it also like kind of weird? Like, that's what you're doing? Like, was that like kind of meant that that was supposed to happen? Like, uh, who knows? I would like to actually think so, though. I do. I, I, I don't, I don't think that we have a predetermined route, but I do think that we have some things that are, are going to be placeholders for us that we're going to always circle back around to and we're going to end up at particular points. It's just what we choose to do with them once that does happen. It's like how you're going to complete your level. Like that that goal mm-hmm. end up level will always be there. But are you do you always stay on like level one one or do you like, oh man, I you, you can't nope. move on to the next part of it. Yeah, that that's interesting. I really find that fascinating because I love pump up the volume when I was growing up. Uh, Christian Slater and he had his own independent mm-hmm. pilot radio thing going on right now at high school. And that's true. Like, so now like here I am doing this and my one friend, you know, I, like we love pump up the volume together. And when I started this, uh, you know, brought up, they were like, dude, this is what you're supposed to do. And I was like, oh man, (laughs) like, of course, 30 years later, but you know, like I I didn't go for college radio. I didn't, you know, I didn't go, you know, the the point of putting stuff at YouTube 20 years ago was, was like way beyond me of what I was doing. And I was completely somewhere else, not caring about doing it. And look at you now. And now you're fantastic at it and you're bringing enjoyment <laughs> to a lot of people, right? I'm bringing enjoyment to you. So that's all that matters. We're, we're having some fun here. <laughs> that's the important part. That is the important part. Yeah. Let's go down the slippery slope again here. So uh, we talked about the sliding doors of reality and, you know, completing a level. Do you think there's any, you know, so like base reality? Do you think we're in base reality right now? Or do you think there's a chance that we're some type of either independent simulation or we're just running through the motions? So I absolutely believe that. Nearly everything is possible. That's been a concept that I've held on to since a child. I wanted to believe in in magic and sorcery and the the possibility of vampires and and all of that stuff. And I understand now, right, as an adult, that a lot of legends started from truth that was just slightly twisted. Somebody saw a shadow in a particular way. But I also know that there's a lot that we thought would be impossible, you know, a hundred years ago. 
and is absolutely the reality that we live in today. So now we see a, a lot of um, common theories that are coming out saying that maybe we are living in a simulation. We have like the Mandela effect and, and the way that different people choose to look at those types of things. Um, I just recently have started hearing that apparently the Mandela effect and simulation theories are going hand in hand. And I was like, well, explain that to me. And then it was explained. I was like, oh, damn, that's that's actually pretty good. But I still think that there's so much that we don't know about our world that what we may end up finding in another 100 years from now is that some of these ideas weren't that far off, but we we didn't have the knowledge of of other... I, I can't put it into words because I don't know what those words are yet, but we didn't have this knowledge um, yet that opened our eyes up to something that was an entirely possibility. So... Yeah, I think that it's absolutely possible we're living inside of a simulation. I think it's absolutely possible that we just haven't figured out that everyday life is made up of ones and zeros and that eventually we're going to find that the simulation and the real life just aren't that far apart. I don't know. Yeah, I like it. So I interviewed this guy, Michael O'Brien, and he wrote a bunch of UFO books and some travel books. And, you know, he's talked to a lot of people. He talked to he talked to Travis Walton, who was the fire in the sky guy. He talked to a bunch of people. So, but I, we we're just trying to, you know, just theorize, you know, like about the aliens. He's like, we don't even have the words. He's like, a hundred years ago, people didn't have words for like what's happening now. And a thousand years ago, like imagine trying to talk about just like the industrial revolution. Like you, you cannot even imagine the words that you even need to use to talk about what is happening. Right. And I, I find, you know, I find that fascinating too. I can't imagine going back a thousand years ago and trying to explain to to a normal person what the hell the internet is you know and how it is that a guy from texas and in new jersey are going to be able to to coexist in this 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 space that we're in right now and having a conversation and they're going to go what the hell is san antonio in new jersey <laughs> you know like we, we just have no idea and for me when i think of things that are theoretical possibilities aliens isn't one of those anymore like to to me that's not a theory. That's not a possibility. That's a, when are we just going to accept it as a reality and finally have an opportunity to, to have more of the information and knowledge? Because I, I don't, I don't, I just don't, that's not a possibility. That is just, it's there already. We just are still, you know, only being given a little bit at a time. Right. You don't have to imagine what a butterfly is. You see it. Like, all right, we see right. the UFOs, we see videos. Now, some of them are CGI or whatever, but now we've moved on to what, like, how are they moving around? And is this interdimensional? Right. Like, what does what does interdimensional even mean? And what kind of things exist in there? It's like a whole mind blown as you try, you know, wrapping your head around you know these these theories that are way above me. But even the little bits that I can comprehend, I'm like, like wow, like one. How did anybody even come? We, we legalized marijuana everywhere. What were you guys smoking to get to this thought of like no 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 like a twelve dimensional creature? And this is what like, I watched this, a, a video on Carl Sagan trying to explain a four dimensional being and how it would interact with our three-dimensional reality i was like how did you get so smart and then who's also listening to you like with this crazy idea like, <laughs> like these people are just like dude this guy's a genius instead of like i walk by schizophrenic all the time my regular job like it's in, it's in the city i i don't stop and look at them and think they're geniuses but the, the, it's, it's just interesting it's, it's pretty fascinating no, honestly it's really fascinating i mean i think that one of the the biggest current theories with aliens is i can't remember the, the term that's being used but there's a big distinction between is it a an earth alien versus a an alien that's of non-earth 
uh, origin. And I'm like, that's the fact that we have started to include that in our vocabulary to distinguish the fact that there are, may have been aliens who have been living amongst us this entire time, whether they're underground or just we don't interact versus aliens of non-Earth origin. I'm like, okay, when did that start happening and why are we being so so specific? Yeah, that seems very specific for some you mm-hmm. know, ideas that were crackpot only about 10 years ago. Now people, they just like, just go right over and like, oh, you, you guys didn't, you didn't get the memo? Like, no, we're past that. It's okay. There's yeah. Earth ones, there's d- dimensional ones, there's Mars ones. Like, don't worry about it. We'll get you guys caught yeah. up. So you talked about the Mandela effect a little bit. Do you have any specific instances that, you know, you find fuzzy or interesting? Uh, Shazam. Shazam. Right, dude. I remember that trailer. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, uh, that, my brother and I used to rent movies all the time. It started a blockbuster and then they were like three bucks or whatever, or two for five. And then this place, RX place opened up. It was just a drugstore, but it had this little movie thing. They had 99 cent rentals and we would go and you get like seven movies. We would go on Friday. We'd watch everything all the time. And I remember the trailer for Shazam. I was like, dude, I can't wait till this comes out. I cannot wait till this comes out on video. And I, yeah, I get the Shaq one. I know that one came out. That's completely different. Right. It's nuts. Yep. I think that was the very first one. And then the Berenstein Bears, uh, that one, I was like, dude, I, do I still have any of those golden books? Can I go back and find them? But yeah, for, for sure, there's been a, a few instances where I'm like, this is definitely not the way I read it. And then you go back and I try and research and research. And and what's been weird is that some of the times I've I have found where there is proof that it existed in the way that other people are saying it's not. But then you can also find proof that it didn't, that, that both theories are accurate. And so very recently, I think in the last two months, I was introduced to this idea that, that the Mandela effect, taking it a step further, is the, our adjacent dimension colliding with ours. And so we're starting to see some information that's, that shouldn't have been here passing through and vice versa, which is causing us to have these very interesting and odd, not memories, but just the way our reality has been impacted. And to me, that that's, I love that theory. I love it. I absolutely do. I think that the idea of multidimensional is, is amazing. And as a person who has always had it as just this core concept that damn near everything is a possibility, um, this just furthers that. And of course, I'm going to latch onto it a little bit. Yeah, I find... So I like all things weird. Like I grew up loving the Loch Ness Monster. I've never been to Scotland. Do I think he's real as an adult? Like a 0.001% is there some dinosaur living in the in in Lake Loch Ness? But hey, maybe. Like that'd be pretty cool if it was. Like, you know, there's Lake Champlain has Champ the Monster. So there's all these things. Are they just giant eels? Like whatever. I saw like the very minimal definition of a UFO. It was just a bright light in the sky in daylight that was not moving for about 45 minutes to an hour that just sat there. And, but like, I couldn't see a shape of it or anything. It was just like a, like the brightest star that you would see at nighttime, but during the day with the sun completely out. But I didn't see a green alien. I, di- I didn't see a shape or anything. But the Mandela effect, like the Bernstein Bears and Shazam and the Monopoly guy having a monocle. Now, would I bet my life on the Monopoly guy having a monocle? Like everybody says that he has one. So like, that's a little weird, you know, but that he does has zero monocle. Does, does he not? He has no monocle whatsoever. <laughs> Never had a monocle. Does not have a monocle. What? So I grew up playing Monopoly, but like I didn't stare at the box. I didn't like hold it and just look at it like dreamingly, like, oh, play Monopoly. Like I played the game. But yeah, he was in the center of the board too. So I probably did stare at him a lot. No monocle. But that's 
that's the big fat like rich cat thing. Like, yeah, you wear a monocle, you're mm-hmm. the money, you're the monopoly guy, the bag full of money. Like everybody just invented that. Like that's kind of crazy. But Bernstein Bears and Shazam. Like I know for a fact, like what I know, like that wasn't just made up in 2010 when I saw, uh, you know, a, a funnier die video of Sinbad, you know, making fun of the the thought. You know, for Mandel himself, I also wasn't paying attention to politics when he was arrested no. or released. Like I kind of remember him being released, but also it wasn't like a thing on my radar. Like I was, I was too young for that. I, I just didn't care. That wasn't something that was in my thing. So people saying like, "Hey, he died." Like, like that's be kind of crazy. That if like that's what you subscribe to, it's like, dude, I remember him dying. Yeah, I think that that's pretty crazy. But very similar to you, I I didn't care at that point in time. I wasn't something that I was paying attention to, and but the theories that have been since then, the fruit of the loom with the little uh, the cornucopia. Yeah, the cornucopia. I mean. And now I'm sitting there going, God, now I don't remember how I used to remember it prior to being fed this new information. And I do know enough to know that we never actually remember a specific image. We remember our memory of that image. So once you're fed new information, it can have a major impact. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I know that there, there's an infinite amount of possibility and that interests me. Except for the That's Shazam what- and the Berenstain Bears, because I do know what I know. Right. You know, so the yeah. other part, you know, so I go back, I'm like, yeah, like I kind of remember Fruit of the Loom, but like would I bet my life on it? Like I wouldn't go around using that as the number one example. And, you know, but there's, it, it's just crazy. But then also your, but also your memory is so bad that like you can't rely on that. It, it's, oh. it's like, what is happening here? Uh, Amazon Prime has a movie called The Mandela Effect. And I, I couldn't sleep one night and it came down and I tended to watch something else and I turned that on. And it's not the quality of the movie. Isn't great. It's a low budget, lower budget movie. Uh, but just the idea of it, I was very fascinated by. It was worth the hour and a half. Uh, but it, it's a uh, it, long story short, and it's like not too much of a spoiler, but like this guy, something terrible happens in his life. And then he realizes that maybe he can go into a quantum computer and try to change the thing a little bit. But then people in his life are kind of going crazy at things are happening and he's pretending not to know what happened. I'm like, well, like, would you rather have your life back that you wanted and then, you know, lie to your loved ones? Like, Hey, I have no idea why <laughs> your shirt was just red a minute ago and now it's blue. Like it's always been blue. What are you talking about? Like completely, but it was an interesting movie to watch in general. That sounds like an interesting idea. And that uh, I just, I enjoy interesting ideas. Yeah. That's what I like more than anything. So uh, that's, that's some of the fun parts you mentioned liking movies and everything. There was, I forget the movie, the movie Last Man or something, or The One or, or something. And this guy just, he couldn't die. He was born immortal and he was a caveman. Like he was like the first person. So I guess he was Adam in like the religious sense. And he just kind of went about. And, you know, at, at the end of the movie, he's going on and they're like, well, tell us about like, tell us about like when you first, he was like, what do you, like, I don't know where I was. Like there was no street signs. There was like nothing. And uh, he ends up like, they're at a dinner party and the old man, he actually taught the old man. Like when he was, when the old man was in school and he's like bringing back all the people in his life. But as they get older, he's like, no, he's like, I marry, I get a family, but he's like, I don't, he's like, I'm not a vampire, but like, I went through all the stuff. Like, but it's just like interesting ideas of like, what would you do? All the money in the world wouldn't make you happy. Like this guy was just like, man, I just set up my life for like 30 years. And I leave when people start noticing I'm not aging and I move on you know, a great movie. No, but it's like something that makes you just think a little more than like a regular movie. And I enjoy that. That's that. What did you say the name of that movie was? Uh, I'll find out and I, I have information I'll shoot over to you. It was the one, I appreciate like it. The, the last man. Yeah, that was that was a good one. But that, that was just, you know, just 
fascinating stuff like that, that, you know, you're not sure what's happening. And then the other one, they were talking about the fountain of youth. And this was a, it was a weird movie, but as they went to a cave, the further they went on, like time became distorted and then things would start moving slower and slower and slower. And then if they climbed out of the hole, like time was like flying by fast. So again, not a great movie, but also just like this, you know, they're, Hey, Florida had the fountain of youth. And what does that mean? Like people live all throughout Florida and people aren't living forever, but there's these <laughs> claims. And, but at the same time, if everybody died at 50 and one guy was 70 and they're like, Hey, how'd you live the 70s? Like, oh, I drink this spring water over here and I eat this fruit. You would say that was the fountain of youth. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. I mean, that, that takes the same concept as from, uh, interstellar. Where you know where you go out of space, and then depending on where you're at in relation to other things, that time is relative, and you take that same concept, but you bring it back and put it in Florida and give it something that people are familiar with, like the Fountain of Youth, and that's an interesting idea. You know, is it possible that this fountain actually was a small little wormhole, and that when you're interacting near or around it, that that time does shape differently for you? All right, are you ready? Is the fountain of youth, Earth is covered by what, 75% of water, 80% water, right? Is the fountain of youth aliens coming here? But as they're outside of our planet, the time is going uh, like faster, right? That was happening in Interstellar. So if they went on the water right. planet and they're like, it goes so slow when you're on here, you can live here forever, as opposed to in space as it's flying by. That's a, that is an interesting concept. Very interesting. I also think it's possible that water is what kills us. I don't know. We can't live with it and we can't, can't live without it. You drink too much of it, you drown. Yeah. You don't have any of it, you shrivel up when you die. You have to like balance the poison just enough to keep you going. Yep. That's interesting. I, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know. That, that's kind of fascinating there. Also, you know, you look at your gut and all the bacteria in there. You know, there's schools of thought that say that actually makes all your decisions. And your entire life is just based around making this bacteria happy. I mean, you find that you find that pretty fascinating. That is fascinating. I know that yeah. there's, you know, the other forms of, uh, I don't think it's bacteria, but other microorganisms that, that have to survive in ants. And then they tell the ant to become a zombie and go to this place. So that way it can continue its own life cycle. Is it possible that that's happening to us too? Absolutely. Am I grateful that I'm? It's happening to me now and not 200 years ago. For sure, you know. <laughs> I'm going to manage what I have. Yeah, go hunt down a bear or a, a deer in in the wilderness, and that's the only way you're going to survive. Or hey, you go hit up the drive through, and you're like, well, at least <laughs> if the bacteria is controlling me. I got a good burger yep. out of it, and you know, a craft beer, and you know, not a terrible life. Not the worst. No, that's not it. So we'll slide back to SD Tech. Are you going to tell your boss you're on this? He's going to be like, dude, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> I actually, he's going to love slide. this. To be honest, okay. like yeah. a, a lot of the a lot of the podcasts that I've been on, Brian, have been like it's just very specific about what we're there to talk about, and like that's cool. You know, I love talking about technology. I love talking about leadership, and like don't get me wrong, I really enjoy these things, but it's not a hundred percent of who I am. I, I, we we are. That sounds, I'm going to still say it sounds weird. I'm a collective, <laughs> you know, I'm a collection of everything that's made me who I am. I'm not just this, the single pane of glass. So no, I absolutely appreciate it. And he will too. That's awesome. That's great. So somebody who wants to get into, you know, either with SD tech as a franchisee, or if they're just trying to get in the tech field in general, 
Like, what's the best way to go about it? Do you have to go to college or some of these ITT programs you see on during Judge Judy or any of those real? So a lot of the IT programs are absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, my wife is in IT. She's been in IT for slightly longer than I have been. And she's been through a couple of different like large-scale trainings that have assisted her quite a bit. I don't have any college background at all. So we're, we're two very different people and we learn very different from each other. So I would say that college or a technical school may be what's best for you. Uh, if you are already a step above other people when it comes to technology, you may just need to find some you know, experience in the field. I oversee our, our training and development and I oversee our hiring process. And for me, a person who has certifications or a college degree doesn't necessarily beat somebody out who doesn't. I want to know who they are as an individual, first and foremost. That's the most important thing to me. And then I want to know the knowledge that you've gained, however you've gained it, what are you capable of doing? with um, That's important because technology is so fast-paced and changes so rapidly. I'm more interested to know your, your ability to critically think and, and break down information and then utilize the information you've broken down and apply it to other areas. Yeah, it, it varies from person to person. Or if you have an interest in it, my advice to you is the same advice I give to a business owner. Find somebody who can act as a consultant, a mentor. Find somebody that you can pick their brain and and take as much information from them as possible. And then uh, be kind of annoying. Get out there and, and start meeting some people. Try and, try and land your first job doing it. And technology is an amazing field. And there, there's just so many different avenues within technology you can go. For a person who's considering it as a more high-end profession, if you're looking at it from a franchise opportunity, technology is 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 one of the arguably it's I think it's one of the top three uh, fields with the most new money coming in. It's a high market cap and it's a great field. It's probably as stable as medicine. It's not going anywhere, that's for sure. And the difficult side of it is opening up your own. IT firm, whether it's an MSP or something similar, you have to have all of the technical knowledge to be able to support your clients. You have to have all the business knowledge to be able to support the business. You have to have a whole bunch to get in there. Uh, SD Tech, we we worked very diligently to figure out how to remove some of those barriers of entry. And um, we have a great concept that makes it to where as long as you have either the technical ability or the business sense, and I primarily am interested in people with the business sense, you don't need the technology background to support it. We take care of that and and you focus on building out a business. So the sales and development side. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're talking about people building a network, but to go out and meet people and do that. And forever it took me to understand like the squeaky wheel really does get, you know, get the grease. And if you're going to sit there and and be a wallflower and just be polite and hope that people are like, oh, that was a nice guy. I'll come back and talk to him. Like if you just get your name out there once, someone's probably not coming back. But if you're politely annoying them, you know, and professionally annoying them, they're going to listen to you at some point. And it's either as like, a, a, you know, just give me your final offer of what you're talking about and then keep, leave me alone. But that's more you're going to get as opposed to, hey, I'm Brian. Uh, I really like IT and uh, I'll talk to you. I, hey, don't talk to me now. Just, just go go say to everyone else and come back and talk to me. It's probably not going to happen for you. So get out there and, and try to network for you. you know, network for yourself. You know, go out there and do that. 
great advice. It really is. So you you don't have a college degree. Uh, you know, your your boss now, he was able to see past that. And then, you know, you are looking at people who are coming with with their degrees and their resumes and everything, and you're not holding that against them. You're looking at them as, as a whole package. Did you always have people that were this open for you? Or was it, you know, a bit of a hindrance at times? It's absolutely been a hindrance at times. It, so I've only, I've had five jobs, five careers, whatever you want to call it. I've worked for five different people. Uh, my very first job, about six weeks in, I was a, I, I got hired on as a dishwasher, Brian, working at this uh, family-owned steakhouse in Pleasanton, which is a small little town south of San Antonio. And I had been working there for about six weeks. I'm 18 years old, got long hair. I look really similar to how I do now, actually. And and this is a, it's owned by this cowboy guy. And so you got this long-haired kid going up to this cowboy guy. And I remember telling him, hey, man, I've been looking over how you're managing the for this dishwashing job and you could eliminate one of your i don't i think it was like six people you could eliminate one of your six people and still get the same coverage and he looked at me and he was like what and so i explained it again he said you you mean i can fire one of you and then he pointed at me and still get the same coverage and we'll be good and i said yeah and he was like what makes you think that and i said how about i show you and then you just give me half of what you were paying that guy on top of what I make. And he looked at me, he was like, what's your name? And I was like, dude, I've been working for you for six weeks. How do you not know my name? He's like, until you've been working with me for six months, I don't bother to remember it. He gave me an opportunity. I showed him. And then over the course of five years, I ended up running the, every aspect of that restaurant. And it was a phenomenal experience. So then I went and I got into oil and gas and I worked on an oil rig. They didn't give a, there were no cares about college experience. Um, everybody was dumb. Didn't matter how smart you were, you were dumb, you were working in the oil field, you were putting your life in danger. Uh, but I I gained a lot of knowledge in that time too about what I liked and what I didn't like. And I got promoted three times over the course of five years before I left. And then I went to work for this uh, technology company that's based out of San Antonio as a frontline employee. And I remember when I was first going up for my first promotion for a, a lead role and um, I had two of my mentors who were like, Shane, without a college background, you're not going to go far. Like there's too many people who it's just going to be a serious roadblock. You're going to run into these issues and that may be double down. And I was like, I have, I have a, a lot of life experience and I'm relatively intelligent. So now, now I'm going to want to prove myself that much harder. And two years later, I was our senior operations management, senior operations manager for that place. And so I've, always been very open to people of different backgrounds being the oldest of eight kids some of my brothers and sisters they do not need college they are intelligent the way they bring in information the way they're able to apply that information and knowledge to other things like they're amazing i've got a couple of my brothers who really needed college brian they needed somebody who was going to assist them and guide them and, and then help them apply that and like so we're all very different from each other and they learn differently. And to me, I'm more interested in a person's drive and ambition and then what they do with it. So yeah, I've absolutely run into roadblocks. I've run into naysayers. And fortunately, Wes, he never questioned that at all. He asked me about what milestones I've reached and what I've done for other companies, what I thought I could do for his. And the way we had magic between us. And I came on four and a half years ago and we've quadrupled our revenue, tripled our employees. and franchised operations. So, you know, 
my proof is in the pudding. It's been good. That's awesome, man. A go-getter, the vision seems everywhere you go and you're creating success. So that's awesome. It took me forever to finish community college. Like I I had, I would go sign up for a class. I feel like, you know, hey, my own fault. I signed up. I did everything. I feel like there was a lot of direction. They're like, hey man, just go sign up for whatever classes you want. I'm like, great, I'll take all these, all this stuff. And after a while, I'm like, what does this equal? And they're like, it equals nothing. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Like, you're <laughs> signing off that I have to take these classes. Uh, so I went to be a history teacher and that fell off. So I go to Rutgers for a semester and I'm there. I just hated school. I hated the teachers. I hated the the concepts that they were pushing. You had to think this way, you had to answer this way, you had to whatever I'm talking about that's not in the book is more important than what is in the book. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I I, I didn't like it. So I finished up online. I, I went to uh, American American Intercontinental University, and it was a sixteen month program. And I already had my my associates, and but it was all writing. I'm like great, I can write. Like I can see things. I can write. I can I can go and go do that. And I got out. And I just remember some of my job interviews, like people, you know, they'd have to pull out the resume, and they're like, like where is this? And like, is this even an accredited college? Like, why did you ask to interview me if it's just sit here and like try to pick apart my stuff? Like, ah, they're just, just horrible. But, you know, now I found an industry that, you know, uh, I tolerate at least, you know, <laughs> but you know, we'll see what happens with that. And then, you know, it's all the podcast company, you know, takes off and get some Rogan numbers. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you keep putting in the effort and, and smiling while you're doing it. And I mean, honestly, that success is so different for each of us and, and what we're looking for. But you seem like you have a really good idea of what it is you're looking for. And you seem really happy doing that. And to me, that's, that says success all over it uh, and good things come in when you're in that, that mindset and when you're, when you're putting that type of thought, energy, vibrations, whatever you want to call it out into the world, uh, typically gives back. It's not always the easiest. Sometimes we have to struggle and overcome things, but uh, this is a great way to, to bond with new people and, and continue encouraging more people and building up a nice community. And, and I'm all for it. It's easy to have the joy for this job in quotes as we open this up talking about the Miami aliens, the Miami mall aliens. If we start off on like the deep, like, well, this company was founded and like, hey, I'd still be here for the talk and we find something interesting to talk about. It takes it off to a whole nother level. It's a rocket ship up of like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> enjoy it. It's, it's nice. Or we're, we're a collective of all of the things that make up who we are. Uh, and some of us are lower than others. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right, my last crazy question for you before I let you you finish up. Uh, so you're in Texas, Chubacabra. You know, it's a, it's a big cryptid down there. It's uh, you know, they're killing goats. They're going around. Mm -hmm. Possibly small children. They're grabbing. Do you have any knowledge? Have you have you seen one? And what do you think about cryptids? I have never seen one. However, I I have seen enough odd stuff living out in the country parts of Texas to know that there's good reason. Or stories like that to have come to fruition. And I know that I know plenty of people who believe that they have seen various things. Now, what I can see it tell you is that I have seen in the shadows, right? So this is countryside, uh, the house where this happened at, I actually don't think that there was, I don't think we had a neighbor for about half a mile in any direction. So there's very low levels of light pollution, and it was just our house providing light. And I saw a, a very large shadowy figure fly down and swoop up a kitten and fly off. And it was too big to be um, even a large owl. Uh, so I can't remember what she is called. Lachusa? I think the Lachusa. And it, there was these stories 
I remember when I was a teenager about a, a woman who would turn into, she had the body of an owl and the face of a witch, and she would come down and eat small animals or small children. And I'm like, well, I don't know what I saw happen. Is it possible it was a large owl mixed in with the shadows? Possibly. What I do know is that I was down a kitten. Like that was no longer there. And it, it was, it was pretty scary, man. It was, it was definitely scary. I am on the doorstep of the Pine Barrens here. So it's Jersey devil territory. And it's the 13th child of Mrs. Leeds. She had it and the birth was so horrible. She wished it was just uh, let the devil just come out and, and turns into a devil and it flies off as like greasy wings and all these things. So this is 1700s, 1800s, whatever. Not true. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's true. I don't know. Pine Barrens are a crazy place. One guy, I interviewed a guy who goes into the Pine Barrens like a mile from me and sees Bigfoot in there. So I'm like, I, you know, he's like, I have seen him. I have. So, okay, maybe there's something there. But, you know, the, you didn't have streetlights then. You didn't have flashlights. So there's like definitely weird things. I was playing in my old house. I was playing basketball in, the, in my driveway with my son. And it's probably, you know, a late summer night, maybe like 730. So it's getting that like twilight. But you can still see like a little bit. And I mean, it, I mean, it had to be an owl. It wasn't like anything crazy. But like, like a two-foot owl landed on my roof and took off. And its body was like, you could see like how heavy its body was. It was like struggling to fly. And I saw the thing laying on the roof. I'm like, what is that? And then I see it fly off. And I'm still just like, what? Like, that's just crazy. Now, this is daylight. This is, I have the internet. So I've seen all the craziest things in the whole world. If this is the 1800s and I have no frame of reference, like that is definitely the Jersey Devil. That is definitely, you know, the, the Lachusa or something of, of coming down. Especially that swooped, if, if that owl came down and picked up a small cat or something. But, you know, it, it just crazy how the tails go. And then your Lachusa is very similar to the Jersey Devil in that too. Yeah, it's all of the stories, like, I, I appreciate them for, for what they are. And I mean that to be, you know, like whether they're, they're built upon truth or if there's more truth to the stories than our, our feeble minds are willing to, to let happen. But I appreciate them for what they are. And for me, this is in the same realm, totally different. I don't know if you know this, but like the, the initial 151 Pokemon are almost all based around actual things found on earth and and there i have seen like the uh what are they called oxels damn it there's a really weird looking little lizard guy that when you see actual pictures of this, this is a creature that lives on our earth it looks like a pokemon it looks like something that somebody took a picture of and was like this is science fiction i have two sugar gliders you know are you familiar with the sugar glider yeah no Super cute, fit in the palm of your hand. Um, they are native to one rainforest in India, and I can't remember. So, so they can only be found native in in two very secluded areas of the Earth. And they're, they're super cute. Yeah, they're they're marsupials actually. Okay. Um, they live to be about ten to fifteen years old. Fit in the palm of your hand. They live in the treetops. They can glide in nature up to like one hundred and fifty feet. They're really cool. And to all of my friends with, with young kids, I show them and I tell them it's a Pokemon. And these little kids are like, that is so cool because there's no reason not to believe it's a Pokemon. It fits inside of a little Pokeball. When you take it out, it like bursts out. They're super energetic. They can fly around. They're really cool. And when, when we live in our own small little sections of our Earth, and the vast majority of people don't 
don't get to travel at all. And when you do travel, oftentimes it's just for business. You're not out experiencing the weird stuff that you can find in Australia or in Northern America. Like we, we have weird stuff, man. Really, really weird stuff that seems like it is fabled. And it's not super large cats that will come out and eat you if you let them. Or, you know, you were mentioning earlier that maybe some of these stories come from large eels. Large eels is weird. Yeah. <laughs> they get yeah. massive. Like that, that, that's weird. So if you were seeing one of those for your first time or thousandth time, like, that's a really weird thing to see. Yeah, it's a shame that if like that weirdness goes away, you're like, oh, that's just the eel. Don't worry about it. You're like, dude, that's that's crazy. They, I live a, in a lake community, so there, you know, a little lake will go, and there's a beach we hang out. And we first moved here, and like an eel washed up on the beach, and just like it's only like it was like uh, I don't know two and a half, three feet. I was like, dude, like that's in the lake, like where my kids are swimming. Like that isn't that's insane. Like I don't want to go in there for that. So I, I've not lost the appreciation of the crazy things in my lake. I just try to you know pick and choose when I'm going in. Sometimes forget about them. Yeah, try to. <laughs> That's funny. All right, let's wrap it up. What do you have for SD Tech? What more can you tell me or do you want to cover? So I don't really have too much more that I want to cover. If there's been anything that that you found interesting and you want to know more about, or for any of your listeners, if they found interesting, whether that be our business-to-business uh, product services that we provide, or if you're interested in the franchise you can reach out to me. I really enjoy building new relationships. I like answering questions and uh, I will share as much as I can w- without any anything being asked in return. So no charges, nothing like that. And you can find us at sd-tech.net. You can reach out to me, Shane Mishler on, on LinkedIn. Find me on all the other social media platforms. What you experience is going to be a little different between each of those. Uh, but yeah, you could just reach out and, and ask, and I'm always more than happy to set up some time and, and discuss things. Awesome. I appreciate it. I'll put that in the show notes so people can find you. Dude, I sincerely appreciate your time. This is a great conversation. I love the ups and downs of all the places we went. It was so cool. Anytime you come back and uh, you know you, you want to talk some SDNet or you want to you get crazy, man, I'm here for you. I appreciate that, Brian. I would love to be back. This, this has been a fantastic experience, and I really enjoyed the, the ups and downs and where the conversation's gone. Thank you very much. Awesome. I appreciate it. You have a great night. I'll talk to you. Same to you. Take care. All right, everyone. That was our show. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Like and follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date in all things wild and weird. Check out the links in the show notes for more information on our guests. The biggest support you can offer is to tell everyone about the podcast. Until next time. 